So get ready. Uh, our theme for this year as a church is even more and greater in 2024. Amen. And uh, man, we're seeing it. We're seeing it and we've been dealing it with, with, the, with the Word of God as well. Now you might remember way back in January and I preached a message about faith and just building our faith, our expectation, because the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. And so stuff's happening in this place because you're coming expectant. It's not because of anything Anita and I are doing. I mean, we're leading the church. But if you don't come expectant, I mean, it's flat here. But when you walk into the room with that sense of God's going to do something today. God's going to do something in me today. If you come with that faith, man, it changes the room. And, and I think you all know what I'm talking about. Those of you that have been coming for the last few months, you can sense that God is on the throne. He's at work and he's doing some pretty incredible things. And so we dealt with faith. And then, and then a couple of weeks back, we dealt with uh, letting go of offense. And that was a bit confronting for some people. Because offense is like a chain. It's like a chain that binds us and controls us. And if you're offended, it, it, the enemy's got you right where he wants you. Because God can't work in and through you and lead you on the plan for your life when you're bound by chains of offense. And so we dealt with that, and people were set free and loose. Well, today's going to be another confronting day. Sorry. Uh, but, but sorry, it's a, it's a sorry, not sorry. Because I don't know about you, I want to experience this. Do you? If we want to experience this, we need to deal with some stuff. Okay? And the stuff that we're dealing with today, oh, everyone brace yourself. Fighting bitterness. So offense is the chain that bounds us, but bitterness is the root that gets really ingrained into you. And it's the longer it's there, the harder it is to remove. And so we're going to deal with bitterness today. Fighting bitterness, because it has no place in our life for a believer. There's no excuse to be bitter. <coughs> Because Jesus dealt with everything at the cross. Either, that, that's either true or it's not. And if it's true, then we've got no, I guess, leg to stand on when it comes to bitterness. Hebrews 12. And I read this when I talked about offense as well. But let's read it again. Hebrews 12, 14 to 15 says, Pursue peace with all Sorry, people. can you say that a bit louder? Pursue all peace with all people. All People. So not just the people we like, not just the people that are easy to talk to, not just the people that are easy to get along with, but all people. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. The looking carefully part. We're the church. We're looking carefully not to judge people. Don't call it discernment when it's judgment. Don't judge people. But we're looking carefully to help people. What can we do to help people from stumbling? That's what the body of Christ is for. So anyone fall short of the grace of God, let's any root of bitterness, bitterness springing up causes trouble. Because that's what bitterness causes. Causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. So having a root of bitterness in you brings other people down as well. And potentially even causes them to stumble. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamour and evil, speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put it away. Chuck it away. Throw it in the bin. Get rid of it. Out of your life. Sometimes life can be a fight. Sometimes we've got to just take the fighting stance and it's a battle and we've got to fight. 
But we'll not give in, but we will fight with the grace of God that is within us. And we can win the, we've won the fight against the fence when we preached a couple of weeks ago, and many people were loose, the chains were broken. I could literally see it before my eyes, people being transformed by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Well, today, the root of bitterness is getting uprooted in Jesus' name. So the first thing I want to talk about is that we've got to work at living at peace. We've got to work. That means that requires... A little bit of effort. Okay, it's not just going to come, but requires some effort on our part. Hebrews 12, 14, remember? He pursue peace with all people and holiness. Pursue it. So when you pursue something, I can't just stand here and I'm, I'm, if I was pursuing Anita, which I did, what, 20, 19, 20 years ago, pursued Anita. Uh, but if I was to pursue her, I couldn't just stand here. What does it require? I've got to go down, you know? You're in a headlock. You've got to pursue it, right? You've got to go after it. So it requires some effort or work on my part. It's not just going to fall in my lap. So the same is with bitterness. If you're bitter because someone's hurt you, it's going to require some effort on your part to have that removed from your life. God removes it, but it requires a little bit of work because you've got to pursue it. You've got to want it. So we've got to work at living at peace. So who gives us peace? Jesus. Jesus. It's not a trick question. You know, you're always nervous when you ask a question like that and look for a response. Of, I know it's Jesus, but if I say that... <laughs> so it is Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace because he has given us his peace. Jesus has given us his peace. For unto us, this is the Christmas verse that we read a lot, but it's very relevant for what I'm talking about. Unto us a child is born. This is prophesying of the coming Messiah, Jesus. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Jesus is our source of peace, and, we, and we've got to live in it. We've got to choose to live in that peace. Life is all about being aware of what's going on around you. And we need to have some awareness. Can't just stick our head in the sand like a, who does that, an ostrich? sticks their head in the sand and everything's just going to go away. <laughs> we can't, we don't have the luxury of doing that. But we've got to work not in our power, but in the power that Christ has within us to live at peace. We have that power in us because we have Jesus in us. We can't do it in our own strength. Peace, this is a really key one. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Some of us look for peace as this, you know, this this uh, winning the Tats Lotto, the, the biggest prize where there's no noise, there's no trouble. Every, I'm on a deserted tropical island and the waves and the wind and the sun and it's not humid at all. And uh, all of those things because I can't stand humidity. Anyone else? Oh, it's been so humid. Peace is not the absence of conflict. In this world, you will have trouble. But Colin shared that scripture that Jesus has overcome the world. Yeah. But we will have trouble. Stuff's going to come against us. People are going to challenge us. It's not going to be an easy street life. We'd love that. We'd love there to be no trouble, no problems. But the truth is, the kind of lives we lead, stuff's going to come against us. But Jesus has overcome. So peace is not the absence of conflict. It's actually the working out of conflict. How do we work out of conflict? How do we resolve conflict? And how do we release conflict? That's what it's about. Because offence comes when we hold on to conflict. 
We cause it, we keep it going, we don't forget, we don't forgive. I remember I said a couple of weeks ago, I'll never forgive that person for what they did to me. Well, congratulations, you've just bound yourself up in the chain. And bitterness is going to take root. Don't ever say, I will never forgive, because you are impacting your own life more than that person. That person's moved on and they're on easy, they're having a happy life, they're all good, and here you are bound up in offences and bitterness takes root. Peace is working out conflict, resolving conflict, and releasing conflict, letting it go. So work at living at peace. Here's the second one. What makes a person bitter? It's a really good question. I've got here perceived sin. Let me explain. When we believe someone has wronged us and they don't respond to us. So we think someone's done something wrong to us and we, we reach out to maybe work it out and they don't respond. Bitterness can take root. How dare they ignore me? <laughs> After what they did. How dare they? Who do they think they are? They need to pick up the phone when I ring. They need to respond to my text message. They need... You get where I'm going. When we believe someone's wronged us and there's no response, bitterness can take hold. When there is no, I am sorry, we get resentful and become bitter. When the person's not apologetic, bitterness can take root. Because you're so... How can they not say sorry after what they did to me? Here's the other thing. Not dealing with offences the right way will lead to bitterness. So maybe you're offended and you're not working it out properly, and you're staying offended, well then bitterness takes root. And I've touched on that already. Bitterness comes from the word meaning bite. Did you know that? Bitterness is like a bite. Yeah. Nasty. Can't stand snakes. But it means, bitterness means being resentful or cynical. Resentful or cynical. Think about your life. Am I resentful or cynical about anything? There's a good chance there's some bitterness in there. Resent is to feel or show displeasure or indignation. I tend to do it like this. That's indignation. You know, a person, something they've done, a remark they've made. And then cynical is like distrusting or disparaging the motives of others. So you're always second-guessing people and all. You're very cynical. You're always, you know, being bitter or sneeringly disrespectful. You know, you pull your face. <laughs> Distrustful. Here's another word. Contemptuous. Contemptuous. Or pessimistic. Someone who's negative all the time. I wonder if there's some resentment or offence going on. So we've got to work at living at peace. We've got to look at what makes a person bitter. And I believe one of those big things is perceived sin. Here's the next one. And I've said this already. Offence restricts your life like being bound in chains. But bitterness, bitterness will smash your life. It'll smash it. Last time I said offence was like a stench. Like it reeks. Talked about my son, he's not in here. But when he has stomach issues and, and releases the curry, and it reeks. Well, offence reeks. But bitterness, bitterness just smashes your life. So what are the characteristics of bitterness? Let's look at that. 
Here's the first one. And if you're nodding your head internally at any of these, God's going to set you free today. Characteristics of bitterness. The first one is you remember the details. Every single detail, what they were wearing, what they smelled like, the look on their face, the tone in their voice, the exact words they said. If you know all of that, I dare say there's some bitterness because you've rehashed it in your mind over and over and over. I've got ahead of myself. When you're bitter, you remember the tone and the inflection of the voice, exactly how they said it. You remember the time, the place, and the circumstances of the event. You remember everything. It's your bitter. You're not going to forget. When a person is bitter, no detail is forgotten. Not one. Some details are even exaggerated after a while. Because you know when you play something over in your head, and then the next time you play it, they're a lot louder. And then the next time, they're a lot uglier. And then the next time, they're a lot, there's a bigger snarl on their face. And you keep replaying it over, and it ends up being this bigger than Ben Hur thing when it was started this big. <laughs> so things get exaggerated after a while. And the more you analyze, the more you scrutinize, the worse they become. The more you replay it in your mind, the worse it is again. And you know what? You get hurt again and again and again, even worse, even worse, even worse. Who's heard the saying, an elephant never forgets? Yeah. I'm not calling anyone elephants here. If anyone's an elephant, it might be me. But elephants never forget. The origin of the phrase seems to go back to observations that elephants follow the same paths and even hand down genetic memories of directions and places across generations. So this occurs to the point of remembering where a burial ground is for a particular elephant tribe from previous generations. But they didn't have a clue, but just it's a genetic thing. And if a sense of death is imminent, the elephant returns to that burial place even if it's never seen a fellow elephant die there. Did you know that? There you go. So it's not just a saying, it's actually a fact. Elephants don't forget. Here's the key point from that. Bitter people obsess over the event, reliving it over and over again, allowing that person to inflict them again and again and again. We've got to learn to be able to move on from bitterness or it's going to just be a wound that is open for the rest of your life that you will continually be hurt by. And I don't want that for anyone in this room, anyone online, or anyone listening to this after the fact. I want you to be free in Jesus' name. So we need to work at living at peace. We've got to look at what makes a person bitter and understand the characteristics of bitterness because bitterness causes you trouble. That's what the scripture says. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. And that's the danger. You get impacted by this root of bitterness, and all these other people in your world around you see it and are impacted by it and perhaps hurt by it or whatever. You're causing others to have problems too, all because you won't let go of that thing. Let me tell you where it causes your problems. It causes your problems in your spiritual life. It cuts you off from the grace of God and you end up walking in your own ability. The fruit of the Spirit is less evident. You know, you can fake it till you make it and make out like you're all together and everything's good for a while. But eventually everything rises to the top. We can't control what happens in life to us, but we can control how we respond. People are going to come at you, they're going to be derogatory, they're going to say things. Many people in this room, you're probably nodding your heads. Yeah, I've been hurt. 
Maybe you're even hurt by church. I'm so sorry that happened. But it happens. There's no perfect church. It doesn't exist. The only thing you can control is not what happens to you, but how you respond. That's what's within our control. And it takes maturity, it takes wisdom, it takes the Holy Spirit for us to be able to move on from, from bitterness. Because we can't do it in our own strength. So it causes you problems in your spiritual life. Bitterness also causes you problems in your physical body. It'll eventually impact your health. It's been linked to things like high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers. There's many more. All linked to that. One leading psychiatrist wrote that 90% of all people in insane asylums could be released immediately if they would forget something. That's a fact too. Yeah. Man, it just becomes a root of bitterness in you and you're embedded in it. It becomes who you are. And it dictates to not just your physical health but your mental health as well. Yeah. It can also impact your emotions. Bitterness can lead to discouragement. Wound after wound after wound. Of course you're going to be discouraged. It will cause you to develop a victim's mentality. Oh, it always happens to me. Every bad thing always happens to me. And you start speaking it out all the time because that's been your experience. It'll drain you and it'll make you tired. You'll be tired. You just want to go to bed because you're just tired. You've had enough of the mental attacks. Bitterness can cause you trouble in your relationships. All of a sudden, you don't trust people anymore because you're being cynical. Go back to that. You're second guessing. Oh, I'm not going to take advice from that person. I'm cynical, I'm bitter. You become judgmental of others and you think you know their motives, but you don't really know them, but you're assuming you do, because oh, I know everything, because whatever. You become judgmental. You build walls around you. There's walls. And you let certain people in so far, maybe halfway up the wall, but you don't let people in. So you build walls. Bitterness can cause trouble in your church. If you're bitter, you're not going to work well with others because you're cynical and judging and second-guessing and all of those things. So you won't work well with people. You're guarded and you can't take correction. If someone says, hey, I think I need you to do something this way rather than that way, or straight away, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> indignation face again. <laughs> what does that young whippersnapper know? <laughs> and then you believe you're the victim. Everyone always picks on me at this church. Everyone's mean. Everyone's critical. It's not true in this place. And if you think that, God needs to set you free for that. I'm not saying this church is perfect. Every church has its problems. But this is a welcoming church. If you're visiting and you haven't felt welcome today, tell me about it. I'll be surprised. Uh, we have a great bunch of people that are very welcoming. And uh, probably the number one comment I get from first-time visitors is, oh, it's just so friendly. People are just so kind. People are just so open and welcoming me in and they don't, they don't even know me. So that's the kind of church you want. It's not perfect, but I think we're doing okay. All right, bitterness, how to get rid of it. It causes you trouble, but how do you get rid of the root of bitterness? This is what we're going to do today. And um, Matthew 27, I'm going to read that. 
verses 32 to 34. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, uh, and him they compelled to bear his cross, Jesus' cross, carry Jesus' cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, this is to say place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gold to drink, but when he had tasted it, he would not drink. This is the first of my last things. <laughs> Jesus bore your bitterness on the cross. He was an extreme pain for something he didn't cause, for something he didn't do. Pain for something he didn't deserve. Pain for someone else's issue. You know what? Our issues. Our sins. Our problems put him there. Pain not handled the right way will lead to bitterness. Jesus knew how to carry the pain. He refused the cup of bitterness. He knew how to carry your pain and your shame, your sin, your offence, your bitterness. He carried it all on the cross. He carried our sin. He carried our issues, he carried our problems, and he knew how to do it. He refused to drink that cup. The cup tells you it's the easy way out. Take the cup, it's just, oh, it'll be refreshing, you'll, you know, it's the way out of your pain. The cup fogs your mind and it doesn't let you think clearly because it's just the easy way out. You can relax, oh, just give me a bit of refreshment. But Jesus didn't take the cup. He relied on his father and he cried out to him. In that moment. What steps do we need to take to overcome bitterness? Okay. It's the same as the first step of overcoming offense. Admit your own bitterness. If you walk in denial and go, I'm not bitter, I'm all good, you can't help it. God can't come in and deal with those things because you think you're okay. First step is to admit your own bitterness. The second is to realize it is your sin, not somebody else's. Often, with offence and bitterness, we blame the other person. But Pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what they said to me. Well, no, no, I don't. But I can see that you're offended, and I can see that you're bitter, and you're responsible for that, not that person. Yeah. You've chosen to be that way. Yeah. And that's hurting some people to hear it, but that's the choice you've made. You've chosen to live in offence. You've chosen to live in bitterness in that place. You've, you've taken the cup. And you're carrying that burden. And today God wants to set you free and release you from that. So you've got to admit your bitterness, realise it's your sin, not somebody else's. And then once you realise it's your sin, confess your sin to the Lord. And then choose to forgive because God has forgiven you. God's forgiven all of us. For everything we've ever done, everything we're doing today, and everything that we're going to do, He's forgiven you. How can we not forgive others when you look at it in that context? Are you better than Jesus? If it was good enough for him to forgive all of us, surely we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to be Christ-like. We want to live our lives like Jesus lived his life. Surely we can forgive others. Choose to forgive because God has forgiven you. Colossians it's my last scripture. Colossians 3, 13 to 14. Bearing with one another. In other words, let's have a bit of understanding. Let's have a bit of compassion. Let's demonstrate and share a little bit of grace. Let's just understand each other. 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. It's the word of God, it's not Pastor Jeremy or PJ, whatever you call me. It's the word of God. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Just wear the love of Christ like a glove. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But please, learn to forgive. Learn to let go. Learn to cut off the root of bitterness. We've learned to break the chain of offence. Now let's deal with bitterness and let it go once and for all. Because if you want to experience even more and greater in 2024, the last thing you need to do is you need to go to Jesus and pour out your heart. Not me. I'll pray with you. But I don't want to hear every sin and every... I don't need to hear it. The Lord needs you to confess to Him. You need to pour out your heart to Him. And that's going to release you and set you free from bitterness. So would you bow your heads? Um, I haven't got this song ready. Um, is that Melody still there? No, she just appeared. Doesn't matter. It's a simple song everyone knows that we're going to sing, but just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for you. This is my desire. Many of you will know it. If you don't, my wife's up there trying to get the words. So hopefully that works. But Lord, in this moment, I just pray for your people. One of the hardest things we'll ever let go, Lord, is, is offence and bitterness. They're so hard to deal with, especially when we've been hurt. But I just pray that in your presence today, under the ministry of the word, that people have been encouraged to once and for all rip out, cut up, cut off, however you want to picture it, that root of bitterness in your life. So we're going to sing this song, and we don't have much room up the front here, so I don't know whether people can come out anyway, just find a space. If you want prayer or if you just want to pour your heart out to the Lord, you can do it where you're sitting. There's nothing magical about coming up the front. But this is the altar. If you want to just come and lay whatever it is at the feet of Christ, this is a great place to do it. Uh, but if you choose to do it in your seat, however you want to do this right now, but uh, we're going to see. Have we got the words? We have got the words. How good is that? This is my
Lord, that you would have your way in us. Lord, we don't want to be bound by bitterness anymore. We don't want to be bound by chains of offense deeply rooted in bitterness. We, we want it to be gone today. Our heart's desire is to live for you. So just some, Lord, have your way in us today. And so I pray for every single person that this word has touched, that this word has challenged, that this word has caused you to perhaps think about your mindset and where you're at. And I know that God's put his finger on whoever he needs to put on. It's not about me. It's not a condemning word. This is not condemnation. But this is a desire for God's people to be free, to encounter even more and greater this year. That if we don't deal with the stuff, we stay bound, deeply rooted, chained, all of those things. We are stuck. But I'm believing that these messages, one by one, are releasing and breaking chains, digging up roots, and transforming hearts and minds to deal with offense, to deal with bitterness, not to pretend that everything's okay, but to deal with it so, not that you're condemned, you can be free in Jesus' name. So I pray for your church right now. Every single person under the sound of my voice, online, listening after, in the room today. Lord, loose us from bitterness. Loose us from bitterness in the name of Jesus, the only one that can break every chain, the only one that can dig up that root. Loose us from bitterness in the name of Jesus today. Set your people free in Jesus' name right now. Help us to forgive, help us to let go, and help us to move forward and move on. Give us wisdom with how we do that. Lord, whether we need to contact people, whether we need to take action, we know it requires some work on our part, but God, you go before us and you make a way that we may be free in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come and touch each person. Break every chain, dig up every root, and make us free today because of the power of your Holy Spirit working in us right now. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give him praise.
come today until it's complete, that we would be free from offense, free from bitterness, so that we can experience and encounter all that you have for us this year.